New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the mountain time zone, and that means it is time for the good news. And unfortunately, sometimes the good news starts with news we don't really want to hear. And tonight's one of those nights. Tonight, we open our broadcast with an in living memory. Well, just a couple of days back, folks, it was erroneously reported that Jerry Lee Lewis made his transition on uh, Wednesday while his publicist stated that at that time it was not true. Uh, it is true this morning, and uh, this news came through to me as I was creating today's broadcast. Jerry Lee Lewis, 87, made a great impact on the music of the world, uh, of humanity, and uh, I, I personally always enjoyed his music. So please help us in uh, joining in a moment of prayer and a, and a moment of uh, remembrance in loving memory, Jerry Lee Lewis. All right. And first up on our news stories this evening. Now, this is pretty cool story. The U.S., there has been a decline in the poverty rate in the United States, down 59% over the past 2.6 decades. Yes, that's 26 years. Yes, that's just over a quarter of a century. Today, as it stands, it's 1 in 10. It was at 1.1 1 .1 in 4. Uh, 1993 was when the numbers started to go down a bit. Now, there's a lot of factors that played into this. Family configuration. Uh, unemployment rates, more single mothers in the workforce, and um, overall, what the report that states here is that uh, the two factors that are the most important are the earned income tax credit and supplemental nutrition assistance program, commonly known as SNAP. We don't call them food stamps anymore, folks. It's SNAP. Uh, now, this is a long-range study, and it was put together by a group called uh, Child Trends, 
Uh, it says here the report is a reminder that no matter how gloomy the mainstream uh, media wants the world to seem, society seems impro- keeps improving every day. That is the truth. That is what we believe. Society is improving every day. And, you know, folks, that's part of what we're here for on the Good News Friday evenings is to share those good news stories with you and help you get into your weekend. Now, we do get most of our stories, including that last one from the goodnewsnetwork.org. RG, be sure to head on over to their website and drop them a like, give them the thumbs up and the love that they deserve. They do a great job of making sure we've got good news stories to share with you uh, each and every Friday evening here on New Thought Media Network. And this next one caught my eye uh, for one reason, because I used to live in Salt Lake City for a long time, quite a long time. But number two, because we reported on this story when it was originally talked about. Now, so this has been in uh, this plan was originally introduced in April of 2021. So it's gained a little bit of taking a little bit of time to get moving. However, the Salt Lake City Council has approved an eight acre tiny village. The idea is described as being recovery housing. There's going to be 430 units. Uh, those will provide transitional housing for those between total homelessness and total stability. Uh, it's costing a little over $13.8 million. Uh, and it was put together by an organization called the Other Side Academy. They provide training in teachers, pro-social, vocational, and life skills, allowing attendees to emerge with a healthy life on the other side of criminal detention, substance abuse, or homelessness. Got to be a good organization. They're coming out of Salt Lake City. I'm sure they're doing good work. And this is a great idea. Uh, we've got to find a way, folks, to provide this traditional move, the, these transitional moves from one place to the next, from what's going on for people's lives and moving those into a place where, uh, where they can get, well, not just help, but they can have the access to the resources that are going to make them uh, move forward in life. Kudos to Salt Lake City. I like what I'm seeing over there. Now, folks, remember, we will drop links in our show notes uh, so you can find access to our resources, and we do encourage you to check them out. All right, next up, we go from Salt Lake City to London. Now, this is an artist rendering of what an old courthouse is. It's not a currently operating government building. The government sold the building off a while back. Uh, but the, the planners that are now refurbishing this building uh, are creating a whole new network of steel and laminated roof girders because they're going to put 125 trees and more than 10,000 plants on the roof of this building. Uh, it will be public accessible. The project's called Roots in the Sky and uh, by an organization called Fabrics. Now, they're an architectural design and technology company, and their mission is to breathe new life into underused uh, urban spaces. They say the rooftop uh, forest, and it is the largest in the world at this point, the rooftop area will include a bar, swimming pool, private terraces, and the greenery will benefit from a passive water capture and irrigation system. It's going to take an awful lot of weight because they're going to put 1,300 tons of soil on the rooftop. As we said, uh, that was my first question is, oh, my God, how much weight on the roof? 
Uh, so they're building, a, again, a hybrid structure of steel and cross-laminated timbers. What an interesting idea. Oh, my gosh. We're going to skate, landscape all the buildings sooner or later, right? I, I guess that's where we're headed. I like the idea. More greenery on the rooftops. And here's another interesting story we found uh, just about that as well, is more greenery on the rooftop. So it turns out uh, that this couple, um, sorry, I'm on my wrong story here. <laughs> um, it's a team. It's not a couple. Uh, it's a team. But they realized they could capture the CO2 coming out of a building and turn it into a fertilizer that is then used to help make spinach grow. Now, to me, this looks interesting. I'm not sure about the how the pictures are creating fertilizer directly from the CO2 vents uh, there, uh, but the new carbon dioxide ventilators uh, could turn fumes into fertilizer to bring vegetable patches to high-rise rooftops, suggests a new study. Uh, the study included an experiment that found spinach uh, by the new air vents grew four times larger than other plants. And the breakthrough is a promising development for healthier city life, said the scientists. This was done at Boston University, created the new technology. It turns carbon dioxide pumped through building air vents into fertilizer to improve the challenging plant growing conditions for rooftop plant life. Folks, I've been learning a lot about rooftop planting and a lot, I don't have a rooftop to plant on, but I've been learning a lot about it from these articles and these different stories. Um, and that's and one of the big things I think you would imagine immediately is due to increased solar exposure, increased wind, increased weather exposure, uh, growing on a rooftop is not easy. Most rooftop gardens and rooftop gardening is done in a hydroponic system so it's all water-based uh not with nutrients and and plant and uh, soil nutrients so this is new in uh that as well the team said the results were striking spinach grown besides the exhaust fence had four times the biomass of spinach grown next to a control fan the high winds decreased the size advantage in some plants, but they were still twice as large as the control mechanism plants. Uh, Dr. Buckley, the lead, cautioned that there's still more work to be done before the system can be used. There's still many aspects of the system that must be determined before it can be implemented, she said. There's a decrease in growth with increased wind speed, so the optimal wind speed would need to be found and incorporated into the design system. Interesting. Let's grow spinach. Let's see, folks, we're, lear we're learning new ways to do all this stuff. Just like we're learning new ways to create spiritual community. Just like we're learning new ways to do media uh, from a new twist. Just like we're learning all kinds of new ways in the, for the last few years. Here's another new way that we're learning how to do things. Hey, if you wonder what you stumbled into, you're watching the good news here on New Thought Media Network. Please do like, share, and subscribe. Let your friends know what we're doing. And if you know of a good news story you think we should look at, please send it to us, goodnews at ntmedia.org. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to take a quick break, share a couple of quick announcements with you, and uh, take a sip of water. We'll be back in just another moment with more of the good news here on New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned.
And we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. Grateful to be with you here on a Friday evening. We do this every Friday, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, a half hour of good, positive news stories to remind us of all that's happening in our world. And we get uh, news stories from a number of different sources. This next story comes from Positive.News. Encourage you to check them out as well. And uh, here's the story. It's about wastewater and clean water for Kenya. Now, Kenya uh, definitely has a need for more clean water. And one of the ways that's happening is through a unique partnership. Now, there's an uh, organization in Nairobi called the Giraffe Center. If you've never heard of it, they help giraffes and help tourists understand the ecosystem. And it's very, um, very well run. Well, they have a an experimental arm where they look at different ideas uh, to help the environment. And what came forward is uh, an organization called OmniFlow. Now, they're one of 16 winners of the No Waste Challenge, which is a comp- competition run through an international design organization. And they entered as uh, an organization within the Giraffe Center. So Omni Center is cleaning up the water at the Giraffe Center. And what they're doing is they're planting, well, plants. <laughs> yep, planting cattails uh, in the sewage ponds and allowing the cattails to create oxygen, which they exude, exude through their root system as well as through their, their leaves. So the plants are driving oxygen into the sewage, which cleans up the sewage. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, it's the idea of Misha Shilo, I, uh, CO, I'm sorry, sir, if I'm mispronouncing your names, uh, I'm sure I have. Uh, he has said that plants have been used to treat waste for thousands of years. The advantage of a floating system is that we use a much smaller space and eliminate the smell, the sludge, and all that ugly stuff. The installation cost is quite low, and then operationally, you're just looking after the plants. So it's very viable for low-income areas as well as high-income areas. The water from the Omni flow system can also be drunk if a small chlorine dose is built in. The advantage of a floating system is we eliminate all the gunk and we take care of some plants. (laughs) Oh, that's a really cool idea. I invite you folks, head on over to positivenews.com positive.news excuse me let's pull that up so you can see it positive.news and learn a little bit more about planting cattails i always love cattails i don't know maybe you do maybe you don't but i loved cattails i always have because they're just so beautiful and they and it's so majestic in my all right, another one I like. Let's get back to some more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. This is um, it's Friday night. This next one is one of those stories that you know we would just fall in love with. China, a city in China, is building a wind farm large enough to power the entire country of Norway. Yes. Uh, details are in the city's recent five-year plan. Uh, and they're going to build a 43.3 gigawatt wind farm. Now, that's going to uh, take care of the 2.5 million inhabitants of the region. 
Now, this is uh, located in the Guangdong province. I do hope I'm saying that somewhat close uh, and uh, neighboring some of the largest cities in China. Uh, now, China has really been leading the way in a lot of areas. Uh, they have uh, more in, uh, wind power installations in 2021 than the rest of the world combined. Uh, and they've been doing that for a number of years now. They've also uh, just recently debuted the world's largest turbine. Uh, and uh, the diameter of the rotors are 827 feet. And it's said that this one turbine can, can produce 63.5 million kilowatts per year under ideal situations. Other large wind farms are in Norway and they boast 38.38 gigawatts even. Uh, the UK could, uh, or uh, who should currently have the largest offshore wind farm on earth, uh, they're still providing the uh, turbines, but the UK is next up to have the world's largest wind farm. Uh, just trying to get it finished there a little bit. Interesting story, if you ask me. Good job, China. We need more renewables. We may not agree with all of your politics, and uh, I think you're doing it right in that direction. So, hey, next up, this is an interesting story because as we've kind of discussed on this program, we're real big on EV elect electrics and EV vehicles and the batteries that go with them. And we recognize that they're not going to solve all of the transportation problems we experience in uh, many countries of the, of the planet. However, they are a necessary step in the bridge to get to the point of being more uh, vehicle or less vehicle dependent, more uh, mass transit dependent. However, in the meantime, Penn State and a team there has made a major breakthrough. Uh, they say they can get the, the typical EV battery to charge in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Now, that's still longer than most uh, average gasoline stops. If you drive very often, you know how about, you know, three to five minutes to fill up with gas. Uh, but this is a, a, a major breakthrough. Uh, they do hope that they will be able to, uh, now this was uh, published in the journal Nature. Uh, now, these folks are saying, and much as we are saying, uh, there is a need to increase this technology, uh, but there are simply not enough batteries and critical raw materials, especially those produced domestically, to meet the anticipated need. We don't have enough of these. So we have to find a way to make batteries last longer and take less time to, uh, to charge to make this more uh, convenient for people. And in, in one folks are going to do, you know, folks, it, it is important that we continue to expand uh, how we look at things and, and the innovative ways that we look at what we're doing on the planet, what we're doing to increase uh, our growing capabilities to in, in what we're doing to harvest precious minerals or even uh, rare earth minerals. A lot of ways that we got to remember to look at this systemically. Look at it from the whole system. And this next story is one of those ones I'd want to follow, and I want to see what the results are. Uh, there's an ag startup that's spreading basalt rock dust on farmers' fields as both fertilizer and as a way to capture carbon. And they say remove that carbon 
from the global carbon cycle forever. Interesting. So we're going to help farmers by spreading this rock dust, basalt rock dust on their fields to help as fertilizer. And they're claiming that it can be a carbon capture, which I'm going to, I'm sure this story is going to tell us how they're selling those carbon offsets. Uh, but it takes the carbon out of the cycle forever. At its maximum output, three tons of rock dust can capture one ton of CO2, a return on investment that that if done at scale has an unlimited, almost unlimited ceiling of carbon renewal. This is all from the company Lithos Carbon. Uh, the business model is based on a multiply beneficial exchange. The farmer's fields are enriched with iron, phosphorus, magnesium, and calcium, boosting yields. And that is compared to agricultural limestone dust at 47% in most cases. That's what the farmers put down now. Uh, the company, Lithos Carbon, as I said, sells the dust application as carbon credits to industries looking to offset their emissions and gives a cut to the farmers. There it is. Carbon offsets and a cut to the car farmers. Uh, however, as one of the farmers would said, I can't eat carbon credits. Uh, really, at the end of the day, if they're not helping the crops, uh, then, then it's not helping the farmer. Now, the company does have a few farms under uh, management at this point, and uh, one of those farms saw 1,500 tons of dust spread over 14, 140 acres. That should absorb 384 tons of CO2. Does the math add up? Does this make sense? Are we poisoning our fields with basalt carbon? Uh, I would trust we're not doing that. And <laughs> interesting story, folks. It's the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm going to take another quick break. We're going to say thank you to our corporate givers, uh, organizational sponsors, and committed givers like yourself. Please don't go anywhere. We've got more news to come right after this message. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on New Thought Media Network. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Denver for your continued support. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta for your monthly contribution. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey for your monthly contribution. And please help us welcome OM Center for Spiritual Living in La Mesa, California. Thank you for your monthly donation. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Seattle for your most generous donation. And a special thanks to Hefferlin Foundation for your generous technology grant. And Suze Ajit, thank you for your very generous donation. And a super special thank you to Dr. Tracy Brown, RSCP. Thanks for being a super donor. And a big shout out to all our committed donors.
Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of our committed givers and organizational sponsors. We love you. We thank you for all you do to help us do all that we do. If you'd like to become a part of the New Thought Media Network family, head on over to the website, ntmedia.org. Click on the donate button and make it a monthly donation. We'll get you involved in the next video uh for that is for that as well all right folks uh more good news on the horizon i want to introduce you to todd and donna and in the background that's tyler so on uh earlier in october uh, todd and donna decided to go for a walk and they're walking along the beach todd suddenly collapsed uh he was having a heart attack Donna screamed for help. Tyler is a surfer. He's in the water, comes running out of the water uh, and uh, starts to perform CPR and help uh, and, and help uh, Todd. Now, there's another man involved, Paul Roy. He's a healthcare worker at a lo local hospital. He was also surfing that morning. Uh, the two men helped to keep uh, to resuscitate Don, uh, Todd until paramedics and first responders were able to get there. Uh, now, once they got home, they didn't get the guy's name. So obviously this is not a picture that happened immediately after the event. Uh, Todd and Donna eventually tracked down the two men, wanted to say thank you. And uh, while Matt was not, or Paul, excuse me, was not able to join them, that is Tyler in the background there. Uh, and they were able to reunite and say thank you once again. Good job, everyone. Tyler, Paul, congratulations, gentlemen. You get a big, huge kudos from us for doing what you do. And, you know, folks, as I say, we get many of our stories over at thegoodnewsnetwork.org, but we also hang out at sunnyskies.com, and all of our stories in this segment came from sunnyskies.com, so we invite you also to head on over and check them out, give them some of the love and the attention they deserve as well. All right, next up, for Faranami Okanalami. I'm sure I've said that improperly. My apologies, sir. Uh, this is a gentleman in, uh, who was, became paralyzed at a, uh, an accident, a party, a 4th of July pool party accident, uh, broke his neck and became paralyzed from the neck down, uh, continued on with his education and received his doctorate and as a mission to help others with, with spinal cord injuries to regain the semblance of life that they desire. Uh, he's the Director of Student Accessibility and Accommodation Services at the University of Michigan. He oversees the Offices of Services for Students with Disabilities, two testing accommodation centers, and the Adaptive Sports and Fitness Program. There's a great video on the site uh, where you can learn more about uh, Dr. Oakland Lamy. Uh, he has made it his mission to build the Adaptive Sports and Fitness Program to inspire students like wheelchair tennis athletes and others to find their joy again. On Thursday morning, he was on the, uh, a couple weeks back, he was on the Good Morning American show uh, and was surprised by a $1 million grant from the Craig H. Nielsen Foundation uh, for his organization and for the work that he's doing. Congratulations, Dr. 
a $1 million surprise to continue the work that you do. Thank you so much for being there. Hey, folks, I'm running a little over, but I would be remiss if I didn't share with you our final story of the night. Uh, this is Megan Warfield. She's a firefighter in, in Baltimore, Maryland. She was just finishing up hosting her late father's second annual memorial golf tournament and was involved in a motor vehicle collision. That's her running to the scene, uh, running from her damaged vehicle to help the woman that had been in the overturned car. Uh, she started to climb in and then thought to herself, what are you doing? You're nine months pregnant. I know she doesn't look at it like that in the photo. Uh, within 24 hours, she had given birth to a beautiful baby girl. Uh, no one has suffered any life-threatening injuries in the accident. The woman was able to be uh, transported to the hospital. Congratulations, Megan. You get our major hero of the week, of the month, perhaps of the year award uh, for doing what you do and, and going out there and doing it. Wow. Uh, what a story. All right, folks, I'm Rep Riz. I'm out of here. We've run just a little bit over. So thank you for being with us. Thanks for sticking around. Please tune back in again in just a half an hour for the Fireside Chat with now Reverend Michael Reverend Michael Mangus. Join us for that. That starts at 6 o'clock. We've got evening prayers at 8.15, and we'll be back tomorrow morning with our Science of Mind and Spirit Conversation Series starting bright and early in the morning as well. I'm out of here for now. I wish you all the best. Peace and blessings. I look forward to being with you again real soon. Until then, make it a great weekend. Peace. Mm -hmm.